Welcome back to the Colin Sinelia Podcast, part of the Talent 409 Network. This podcast is brought to you by Sweat with Stods. As people are going back to school, this is a time of year that feels like a fresh slate. So if improved health and fitness is a goal of yours, now is a great time to start. Sweat with Stods offers a hit-at-home program in the form of a downloadable PDF that includes 30 days of expertly designed workouts. The format is five 30-minute workouts per week with no equipment necessary. Hit at home usually costs $30, but you can get it for only $20 using CCP. That's code CCP for a $10 discount on this program. If you find yourself saying you don't have enough time, money, equipment, or knowledge to get fit, this program is for you. Commit to yourself and see what you can accomplish with $20 in 30 days. On today's episode, we're going to be speaking with David Patton. David is a director of finance at Scrap Metal Services in Chicago, Illinois, and he is also a former baseball player at the University of Evansville. Sit back, relax, enjoy the conversation. Hey, so I'm joined by David Patton. David is a uh, the director of finance for Scrap Metal Services in Chicago, Illinois. He also uh, was a former baseball player at the University of Evansville. David, welcome to the show. Colin, thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, no, no problem. Thanks, thanks for coming on. Uh, you and I, we we had a different type of connection. Uh, the power of of LinkedIn or networking, I guess, where we uh, got together. You reached out to me. We didn't really know each other. We had a conversation, connected. Uh, you being a, a former athlete and now you know finding some success in in the business world and also just really having uh, a passion. I mean, if you just look at your your LinkedIn page and if anybody wants to you know, check it out, uh, you know you have leadership quotes, you have the the type of things that you believe in when it comes to to trades, and I think the way that you try to incorporate those things into your into your daily life. So I knew right away, even before we we had a conversation, that things were gonna were gonna click. But it definitely was a, a little bit of a, a different uh, different way to to meet. But still, that's that's the power of the internet, right? Oh, definitely amazing the power of LinkedIn. So many strangers you meet, and I I always enjoy networking with uh, people across across the world and learning more about that background and maybe how could. Uh, apply to my future and I'm always open to connecting with anyone. So I, I appreciate the plug. Yeah. Yeah. Not a problem. And, uh, you know, for anybody else that's listening, I guess that's just a, a lesson to, to be open to, to having conversations because you never know who you're going to meet. And yeah, some people are, are out to maybe try and scam you and, and sell you things or whatever it might be. But for the most part, I feel like people are pretty genuine when they want to connect with you and, and have a have a conversation or just get to know you or, or learn from you, whatever, whatever it may be. So lesson learned to, to everybody listening. And we've got a really uh, good conversation here today. We're going to talk about a lot of a lot of different things, but David, first I want to just give you an opportunity to walk us through your journey. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned in the intro you played sports growing up, and, and now you've transitioned into a successful business career. So I don't want to speak for you, but I want to give you some time to to tell a little bit of your your story. Sounds good. Well, I started playing sports very very early in life, probably when I was four or five. As soon as I could walk, run, I really started picking up, picking up one ball, throwing it, kicking it, whatever else I could do with it, uh, which led me kind of to my passion for, for baseball. 
played played some other sports growing up: basketball, soccer, uh, a little bit of golf as well. Uh, something I really enjoy now. Now that I'm done playing baseball, but really uh, enjoyed playing baseball, in which really taught me a lot. And getting into high school, I was I would consider myself a good player, but not not a great player. In which I had some opportunities to play in college, and my goal. I set a goal really early on. I think, in my, my parents had the opportunity for me to play some travel ball, travel and play with the team. We, we played on a couple of various teams, and we were pretty good. And which led me to setting a goal to play at the highest collegiate level I could. And that led me uh, through through high school. And there was definitely players that were better than me. And so I really had to put in some extra work, uh, time after, reps after, well, rep- repetitions to make sure uh, I, I was prepared for the future. And from there, I, I was recruited by the University of Evansville. I, I had a couple other uh, potential opportunities, but uh, I really liked what the University of Evansville had. And it was Division One program in the Missouri Valley uh, Conference and really – uh, played with some really good, good, strong athletes that really pushed me beyond my my limits. Awesome! So, made it to the the collegiate level. Uh, you know, like a lot of us uh, get to, and um, you kind of see that that pipeline dwindle uh, when when you're going. You know, a lot a lot more players in high school, still a pretty good chunk in college, and then when it comes time to to graduate, for a lot of us. We don't have the opportunity to continue to play at a, at a really high competitive level uh, anymore, and we have to think about a career outside of sports. We might get to play, you know. In, in our cases, we both played baseball, so there might be some type of competitive men's league or softball for for a lot of us is a really popular option. But it's just not quite the same as as what you were used to growing up. So I'm interested to to hear about your transition after college into the, the professional world, what, what that was like, if you had any challenges and, and just give us a little bit of background there. Okay. One of the, one of the big things for me was goal setting, goal setting early on. And that's kind of what led me into, into my career and focusing on my, my values. And I, I had to make a real tough decision. My, my junior year in college, I had played consistently, started consistently, even had a chance to lead off uh, playing baseball. Had, but it, it ultimately wasn't going to be a long-term career for me. Mm-hmm. So I, I had to make the tough decision and to really focus on my schoolwork, get an internship, and then ultimately led me to not play baseball my senior year. And that that set me up early, even though it's a tough decision, tough tough to walk away from the game. Uh, but that was one of the big decisions that led me, I think, to some of my success today. And then one thing that I, I really wish I knew when I played that I do now, and it's still a constant progression, is really the the, me- the mental sport aspect uh, of playing a sport. I would describe myself as a very hard worker, mm-hmm. but at, when I got to that collegiate level, I didn't necessarily push myself past my limits and set more and more goals. And I was a little bit, I labeled myself as almost a fear of failure. 
Was there a moment or a conversation that you had with somebody when you decided that that senior year of college you weren't going to play anymore? I would say it was a progression of multiple uh, conversations I had with my friends, my family, my fiance at the time, and just it, it, it was a culmination of many conversations and it was just the best decision I could make at that point in time. But it was, again, a very tough decision uh, walking away from a game that I played for 15, 15 years at that point. Sure. So you get out of college, then you've already, you know, like you, you mentioned, set yourself up for success by focusing a little bit more on your schoolwork, getting an internship, doing the things that, quite honestly, a lot of collegiate athletes don't have the time for. And that's something I have a conversation a lot of times with with people. I don't know if they truly understand the the time commitment uh, that goes into athletics and in you know, neither one of us played at, you know, the highest level with, you know, a football school or a basketball school where there's that, that constant exposure and that constant public pressure and, and things like that. But there's still that, that time commitment that you make to the team, to the travel, to practice, uh, not, not including the, the games that you have to play. Uh, and then the other time is, is usually spent with schoolwork. So you don't, usually get that opportunity. So I think that was a really interesting decision by you to, to make and walk away from, from a game that you probably played since you were five years old. Uh, and it seems like you, you really loved the game and, and gave it your all. Now you, something interesting that I picked up on uh, as well. You mentioned that when you got to college, you almost realized that the, the goal setting and the things that you had done, maybe both on and off the field leading up to that point in your life, you didn't really notice the the fire there anymore on the athletic field. Was there something specific behind that that helped you identify that decision to, to walk away your senior year? Was that part of like that, that general progression or do you, do you have any idea what, what maybe led to that? That's a, that's a great question. And, and it's, I've kind of reflected on it over multiple years now. And okay. I think it really comes down to my mindset. And I had reached kind of my, my big goal that I had set for myself is to play at the highest level. And then I had kind of become complacent. And what I what I know now is I wish I had had a different mindset and be able to push myself again to succeed. And I think that's what's kind of led to some of my success now is developing that constant goal setting mindset in which I can continue to look forward to the future plan for uh, additional things in which and know that I'm always consistently trying to learn and improve myself. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I I don't think I'm in the, the belief that you necessarily have to continue to, to go up, up, up all the time. Like I think you can take some time to plateau out a little bit for, for lack of a, a better word or phrase and just chill and, and relax and enjoy where you are while still having your sights possibly set even higher and, and having additional goals. I'm really interested to, to learn a little bit more about your process and how it's evolved over the years where, like you said, you, you had a goal, you, you 
achieved it in sports, but then you, you got complacent and you learned from it. And now how do, how do you goal set now? Like what's your process to make sure that when you achieve a goal, because I think that happens to a lot of us, it's, it's like a, a successful team when, when you're successful and you win, it's much harder to win the year after because that chip's gone, that, that fire's gone, that motivation yeah. is gone. So I, I'd love to hear a little bit more about your process. Yeah, I think one of the things that really fueled that early on was my parents, and they owned their own business, so I kind of got exposed to, to business at a very early age. Okay. And in in 2009, uh, when when kind of the housing market deteriorated, they were in the luxury kind of landscape wholesale nursery nursery business, in which I would say 50% or more of their sales dried up almost overnight, and I saw them pushed to their limits and I, I didn't realize at the time. And I think that's, I watched how hard they worked for very little that, that they had. And I think that's, that's kind of my, my why. And I think that kind of gets into defining what is your why and, and how does that impact uh, the decisions you're making, the values you have and, and how it impacts others as well. Because a lot of my decisions now are not, just based on me, myself, mm -hmm. it's my family, my friends, and being able to set those values uh, to to be appropriate. And and I like I like what you mentioned a little bit ago is you can't consistently go up, up, and up. I, I think work life balance is always, uh, and even sports life balance is is a, a key for not getting burnt out uh, immediately. Yeah, I think that's um, I, I'm definitely in. The I'm definitely in the uh, the mindset that work life balance can be achieved, sports life balance can be achieved. You can have. I actually just watched a really great documentary about the band Rush, and they talked about how in the in the early years uh, they were a little uh, untraditional as far as uh, one of that one of the members of the band got married relatively early. They had kids, you know, whereas a lot of the the classic rock bands from the the seventies and eighties. If you learn about their history, they were just wild people. They had all these parties and, and everything. And one of the the band members was talking about how they really had to just sit back and remember that music wasn't the only thing that they loved and the, and the only thing that they wanted to do. And I and, and I'm not saying that's necessarily wrong. If you have some type of passion and calling that that you think you need to to spend all your time, but for I think for the majority of us, there are multiple things that we really are passionate about and and we love and enjoy. And that was for me hearing it from from somebody that was super successful and and you know has hit records and music that I've listened to growing up, and then you know talking about it amongst ourselves and, and just other professionals in, in the workforce today. I think it it's definitely something you can achieve, but it's definitely something you have to work for. Definitely. So now you are uh, director of finance. You've uh, you've made it to uh, another another mountaintop, if you will. So talk to me a, a little bit about what your day-to-day -day is like now. Uh, and I'm also really interested, uh, I guess, uh, to, to learn about, and we had, we kind of had a, an introductory conversation uh, a couple weeks back, and, and we talked about you know, your leadership values and, and your philosophies and, and those type of things and how you can incorporate them into your business, into your organization. So I would love to hear uh, more about 
how you live that on a daily basis. Okay. So I think what the biggest piece of my job today is budgeting and forecasting uh, and communicating expectations uh, and setting setting objectives and working towards accomplishing those objectives. So kind of being that operations finance leader in which I'm working with others across the organization to achieve goals uh, for simplistic stake. And then what was the second part of your question? Just learn about how those leadership traits and those values and, and the philosophies that that you talk about and that you want to. I, I know we, we had talked about some challenges in, in incorporating it on, on a daily basis, but I'd love to hear about how you maybe overcome those those obstacles and, and still be a truly effective leader in the best way that you can. Yeah, definitely. And one of the big things that I value is, is leadership development now. And I went through kind of a leadership development course in which it really pushed me past some of my fears, I guess, and to, to learn. And what I learned from that was that I had a passion for developing others, coaching others. And I, I would, I like to use the word empowering others to achieve their goals as for on a, on a personal level, as well as a business level and finding that balance. Yeah. I love that. Empowering other people is I think just personally empowering and, and can give you a lot of really good things to feel good about and, and just give you a, a really honest and, and genuine point of view uh, of everything as well. Talk to me. Definitely. Yeah. So talk to me, you know, playing sports, whether it was while you were on the field or just what you learned in general growing up, uh, what are, what are like the two to three biggest traits and, and biggest values when it comes to, to leadership that you try to practice on a daily basis? I think well, with my values, it, it definitely came from my parents at an early age that, even though they struggled with their business, they are one of the most successful peoples that, that I that I view and a big influence in my life. And they taught me be, being humble, being respectful, uh, being trustworthy. And I think that that's the the basis of a lot of things that I uh, that I can expound upon and develop other leadership traits. When does your radar go off when when you see a bad leader or somebody that you portray as somebody who's not effective i I guess is probably a a better word for it is there a certain trait or something that they do that says hey no that that's probably not going to work and that's not going to be effective it's a good question tough question to answer (laughs) uh for sure and i think really putting people first is what's important to me. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times when either I mess up or others mess up, uh, because no, by no means am I perfect is, is when I lose sight of that and put someone else, like put maybe like business results ahead of and burn someone out because I, I end up asking them to do too much or take on too much. So I, I think that that'd be the best way of uh, describing instances in which I see times that I would struggle as well as others. Okay. So you've mentioned uh, a a bunch of times now that your parents had a a really big influence on you. And uh, I think that's really cool because 
personally, I have the same feelings towards, towards my parents and, and my grandparents and a lot of my family members in, in general. Uh, I'm just curious if there was anyone else, whether it was uh, somebody that you knew directly or somebody that you just grew up, uh, you know, trying to, to emulate that has really shaped you uh, as, as a, the influencer that you are now and shaped the way that uh, you live your daily life. One of the, my very first manager when I came out of college was a big, big influencer in helping me learning how to, how to kind of, he, he really emphasized uh, just the people aspect of it, even though sometimes it didn't always feel that way. I think he did a very, very good job of showing me how to transition from being a collegiate athlete and transitioning that that drive that that teamwork into working in a in a business if you could give one piece of advice now being able to to look back and reflect to somebody who maybe is in college right now and is looking to transition to the business world, to life after sports, if you will, uh, what's what's that piece of advice that you would give them to to give them a jump start on a path to success? I'd say first uh, find something you're passionate about, and then from there be able to set goals and consistently try to push yourself. There's there's times today there's where I'm uncomfortable in being able to push yourself to not. Not to the point where you're overwhelmed and stressed, but being being enough uncomfortable to to continue growing, continue learning, and not not be a, just be able to to conquer those challenges. So the difference between your comfort zone and not how how have you been able to to grow and identify that over the course of of the last several years of your life? Uh, I know it's something I struggled with uh, earlier when I was you know, a teenager and then early in my twenties. And it's something that I've, I've tried to be more uh, conscious of and, and learn from. Uh, Cause I think that's leaving your comfort zone can sometimes, sometimes leads to a lot of adversity because you're not used to a situation. So uh, I'm curious to know how you identify what's comfortable, what's not, and, and maybe what flips that switch to say, Hey, I, I need to do something different or challenge myself a little bit more. Uh-huh. For sure. I think the, the big piece within that uh, in pushing myself is when, when I find myself in, in an uncomfortable situation that I might be feeling stressed, overwhelmed, I consistently try to plan and find the things that I need to do to accomplish that. And then also I, I try to understand what it, what the big picture is, whether it's something that my little piece that I'm working on fits into the bigger piece of the business and understanding the whole, the holistic side, which can sometimes be uh, more of the challenge to figure out. Awesome. Can you tell us about maybe one or two moments of adversity you faced, uh, whether it was on a baseball field or on an athletic field or uh, just in, in general in life growing up? So professionally, I think a time of adversary adversity, was uh, when I, I didn't foresee uh, bad results coming, and, or not necessarily bad results, but a, a, a significant miss to what I was projecting the results to be. Mm-hmm. And from there, I, I really learned that I the value of asking tough questions and 
being able to continuously communicate because I had lost uh, some of that communication and it had gone a longer span that I'd liked than to make sure that we're all aligned and everyone knows the expectations. Do you think you lost the communication because you didn't ask the tough questions on the front end? I, I think that was definitely a big piece of it because I, I there was definitely some red flags that I missed that I feel like I should have foreseen coming. What it can can you give us an example of what a, a tough question is that that you would ask now to better prepare yourself? I don't, I don't know if I have one specifically in mind. I think it's sometimes. I, I I can ask questions that are leading, which in turn gets an answer that I'm wanting and not necessarily the correct answer or the answer that is the reality. So trying to align your questions to be open and not pointed per se. Great. So at Talent 409, we talk a lot about dynamic leadership. And I know I talked to, to you about it in our first conversation. And just to reiterate, uh, a dynamic leader is a person that creates opportunities for success on the field, but also off the field. And again, it just really goes back to the conversation that we talk about where eventually everybody's got a transition, uh, whether you're one of the best athletes in the world, like LeBron James, or more likely you're, you're like you and I are uh, where we're just average uh, athletes, I, I guess at best, uh, and and we have to uh, spend, you know, hopefully a, a good chunk of our adult lives working to to make some money and, and make a living and everything. So I'm just uh, interested to know if you've given any thought towards the term since we've talked, and and if you have any additional definitions or any ways that you can build on what a dynamic leader means to you. Okay. And when I, when I see the word dynamic uh, and leadership put together, I, I really, I, it really caught my attention. I really like the, the phrase and I think it's being able to adapt to your leadership style to multiple situations and including different, different type of people. I know for me specifically, when, when I was an athlete and, and well, I, I still am an athlete or try to be, um, <laughs> when, when I would get yelled at, it would be probably the most demotivating factor. If it, it's like that constructive criticism, that, that was kind of my preferred feedback in which I would already beat myself up enough for screwing up that, sure. that you didn't, I, I, I wasn't one that you needed to, yell at per se to, to motivate. And that that's kind of what I see when I see dynamic leadership is being able to adapt to multiple different situations, adapt your own leadership style to multiple situations. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Uh, adaptation in general in this world is such an important quality to have, but especially when you're talking about being a leader, because again, not everybody reacts to things in the same way. They don't learn the same way. And I was very much like you where I would just mentally beat myself up. I didn't need somebody to bring me out and to, and to tell me I knew when, when I did something wrong or I didn't perform at my, at my highest level and I didn't need that extra motivation. But there's a lot of people out there that, that do need it and it's not right or wrong. But uh, I think that's a really 
great point just to identify that there are different learning styles. People react differently to certain types of communication and just being able to know each and every player or each and every even assistant coaches and, and things like that. I mean, that's going to be the way that you're you're most effective because you know when it comes down to it, you're, you're just you're building a relationship. It doesn't matter if you're the person in the leadership position, if you're the coach, if you're the the manager, if you're whatever it is, you still have to build a relationship with that person, even though even though maybe that person who's below you and, and isn't the superior might have to be a, a little bit more adaptable to you. I still think that a leader needs to be adaptable as well, because, you know, otherwise that that's where a lot of that friction comes in. So I love that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Awesome. So do you have, uh, we got a couple minutes left here. Do you have any uh, special projects, uh, anything uh, coming up of, of note that uh, you want to talk about for a few minutes? The, the big one I've been working on right now is really, uh, I had the opportunity with the company that I'm working on is expanding internationally. And so I, I had the opportunity to travel into Europe and working through an acquisition to get that, that set up. That's been a huge challenge for me, a lot of unknowns and really pushed me to continue continue learning continue growing in my my career what's been the favorite part about getting over to Europe I think learning uh, how business can er- interact with different cultures is the, the one specifically to business that I, I've found most intriguing and, and again with putting people first trying to be able to adapt and, and focus my leadership style towards that culture. Very cool. So, uh, yeah, hopefully that's something that you guys can wrap up uh, relatively soon. I don't know if you have a, a specific timetable on it right now, but that would be really awesome to, to see the company continue to, to grow and just have a reach in, in a completely different market, completely different continent uh, and, and everything. That's that's really great. Yeah, for sure. We're, we're really excited. Great. Well, David, I, I appreciate you coming on to the podcast today. I, I hope you enjoyed it. I, I certainly enjoyed uh, the conversation uh, again today, and it was great to dive a little bit deeper into into your leadership experiences and, and the qualities and traits that, that you try to live on a daily basis. But like I said, it, it's been a real ple- pleasure having you on, and uh, I appreciate the time. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. And anyone, feel free to connect with me. I'd be happy to network with anyone out there and because I can learn from a lot from anyone else out there as well. Yeah, great. Thanks. Thanks again, David. All right. Thank you. Thanks again to David Patton for coming on the show today. And thanks to you, the listeners, for taking some time out of your busy day to listen to the podcast. Again, we are brought to you by Sweat with Stods. It's a fresh slate. This is a new time of year for a lot of people. School year starting, college football starting, the NFL starting. It's fall soon. Get out there, do this hit at home program, put in the code CCP, go to www.sweatwithstods.com, get that $10 discount. You'll thank me later. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Take it easy.